Let us pray. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee, in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. 1 Kings 8.23 My God, as I enjoy the vastness of your glory and splendor, I will be mindful to continue building the business, ministry, department, company, and family that you've called me to build. As I build, I will make sure that, like Solomon, I will construct my life off of your blueprint and the blueprint or specifications you've set for others. When the temptation comes to play it small or hold back from giving my all, I will look to today's reading in 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles to remind myself that you deserve nothing less than my best. So, today, I commit my all to you. I declare that you will receive nothing less than my best in all that I do. When excellence seems to be out of reach, I declare that you will bring the right people into my life to elevate everything that I touch. I acknowledge that whatever I build will serve as a monument to you and your glory. Therefore, I will not stop until the world sees the beauty and splendor of what you've placed inside of me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for making prayer a priority in your day. To learn more about the Bible, stay tuned for today's story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Solomon builds a temple for the Lord. In our last story, we peered into the dreams of Solomon. God asked him to request anything and it would be answered. Instead of asking for riches, long life, or victory, Solomon asked for wisdom and a kind heart to lead his people. God granted this to Solomon and gave him more than he could have ever asked for. Now we see Solomon putting his wisdom to good use as he seeks to build the great temple of God, inspired by the book of 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles. Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our previous episode, we heard how God appeared to Solomon in a dream and offered to give him whatever he desired. Rather than ask for riches or a long life, Solomon asked God to give him wisdom and discernment so that he could lead God's people well. This pleased God so much that God promised not only wisdom, but wealth, fame, and prosperity. Today, we'll learn how Israel experienced a time of great peace and celebration, something they'd never really had before. And in this new era, Solomon, the wise king, would set about accomplishing the vision his father David had to build a great house for the Lord. So let's listen now to today's word. It was a time of peace in Israel. David, the great warrior, had vanquished many of Israel's enemies. As a result, Solomon had the privilege of building alliances, trade routes, and libraries. Conflict was replaced by communication. Bloodshed was replaced by brotherhood. 
so much so that when it came time for Solomon to begin building the temple of God, he had the aid of other nations. King Hiram of Tyre offered up his cedar beams and cypress from Lebanon, as well as men to aid in construction. All was falling into place for Solomon, and the Spirit of God was pleased with his work. Springtime waltzed into the land like a joyful song. Solomon and his workforce had worked day and night unto the Lord. The sun was gentle, and the breeze was kind. Spring flowers bloomed in an array of colors and smells. It had been 480 years since the people of Israel were delivered out of slavery, and for the first time Israel began to feel permanent. The people watched as the massive temple was built before them. This was a symbol of their freedom. Solomon looked up at the temple. The sun reflected off of its roof beautifully. Nearly finished, Solomon could finally step back to appreciate the work. God spoke in the coolness of midday, saying, Remember what this temple means. Obey me, and I will fulfill my promise to your father. I will live among you and will never abandon you. Solomon closed his eyes and took a deep breath. He was content. Solomon stepped inside the temple to finish the interior. The entire inside was paneled with fine cedar. The floors were smooth cypress. The inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, was at the far end of the temple. It was thirty feet deep, and its walls were carved with immaculate floral designs. The entire interior was then overlaid with solid gold, and gold chains protected the entrance. Two fifteen-foot cherubim were made of wild olive wood and placed there in the inner sanctuary. Their wingspans spread across the room valiantly. Palm trees, flowers, and gold filled the hallways, and the double doors were pure olive wood. Finally, after seven years of planning, building, and refining, the temple of the Lord was complete. It stood as a beacon of hope and sanctuary to all who entered Israel. Solomon stood in the temple courtyards in awe of the temple's beauty. He turned back towards the main entrance and watched as the priests of Israel raised the Ark of the Covenant and brought it into the temple. The entirety of Israel gathered for a festival and watched as the presence of God filled the temple in an instant. The glorious presence of the Lord came upon the Holy of Holies like a cloud, and the priests stood in wonder. Solomon fell to his knees before the temple. People stood and watched as their king bowed before him. No king in the land ever bowed to anyone, yet Solomon would bow to God. For it was God who was above all. Solomon looked to the heavens and said, Here you are, Lord, your permanent home. He then rose to his feet and turned to the people. He raised his hand before them, smiled, and declared, Praise the Lord! Praise the God of Israel! It was my father's greatest wish to build this temple, but war kept him from building it. But here it is! The crowd erupted in cheers. Shouts of joy and praise filled the skies. Solomon burst into laughter as he spoke. <laughs> Tears streamed down his face. He looked to heaven again and said, There is no one like you in all of heaven or on earth. Please keep your promises to us by your unfailing love. Carry out your promises. We know that there is nothing that can contain you, not even this temple. But we ask that you meet us here. Solomon placed his hand on the altar and spoke to God. God would continue to meet with his people in the temple, although not even the vastness of the temple could contain him. 
As for Solomon, his wealth and influence would expand beyond any king in the East. His poetry, philosophy, and theology would be sought after by princes and nobles from far-off lands. Peace filled the land. God filled the land. Although struggle awaited the people of Israel, they enjoyed their moment of bliss and the glory of their God. As we begin today's lesson, the kingdom of Israel is reaping the benefits of David's many battles. Solomon rules over a nation that, rather than engage in battles with its neighbors, is forming alliances and establishing trade. It was an era of hope and prosperity, and Solomon knew that the time was right to begin building God's temple. His father had wanted so badly to build the house of God, but was prevented from doing so because he had blood on his hands. He had been a man of war. Though God had prevented David for accomplishing the task, he promised that his son would build the temple. So now in the fourth year of his rule, Solomon began to fulfill that vision. Because of Israel's alliances with neighbors and the peace they were experiencing, Solomon was able to enlist labor and materials from other nations. King Hiram of Tyre sent the best cedar and cypress woods to begin the construction, along with laborers who worked alongside of Solomon's own men to erect the temple. And what an impressive temple this would be. It was so much more than just a building. It was a symbol, a sanctuary for the people, a sign of God's presence and their freedom, a freedom that God promised and delivered to them. It was a precious thing, but the people and Solomon needed a reminder, not of what it symbolized, but who it was for. So God spoke to Solomon, saying in 1 Kings 6, verses 12 and 13, Concerning this house that you are building, if you walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. God is a holy father. He knows his children. And he knows that these children of Israel needed to remember him in the newfound prosperity that they had been given, unless they once again turn away into their own desires and interests and even idols. As impressive as it was from the outside, this temple was even more so on the inside. Filled with gold and finest wood and the best craftsmanship, it was truly a home befitting the Most High God. And finally, after seven years of building, the great house of the Lord was completed. God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant, was brought into the temple. All that was left to do was to celebrate this momentous occasion with a great festival. God displayed His awesome presence by entering the Holy of Holies like a cloud, the people and the priests were filled with wonder and awe. Solomon then bowed before the Lord, demonstrating that he was just an earthly king and that the one true king, the one worthy of praise and submission, was God Almighty. It was something truly amazing for a king to do, as no other nation's king would dare bow to another. But Solomon, like his father, understood that God was above all and worthy of all praise and adoration. In humility, he asked God to come and meet his people in that place, the house that he had built for God. He also knew that the temple, though great and glorious, was not enough to contain God's greatness. One day, God's presence would come in an even more remarkable way. 
opening the door for him to dwell not in a house of gold and cedar, but in the hearts of man. Dear God, thank you for this powerful passage of Scripture, for your presence in our lives. Just as you indwelt your temple so long ago, may we now, the temple of your Spirit, be a sanctuary for your presence. Lord, fill us with your Spirit that we might live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make sure that prayer and Bible reading is a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, let someone else know, share it with someone you love, and let's get the Word of God out to many, many people. And if you want more resources as to how you can learn and live the Christian life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.